0: I have had the chance to meet you. My name is Kurt. I serve as one of the pastors here. It is great to be with you on Easter Sunday, 2022. We made it. I maybe three of us made it. It's good. It's good. Still waiting for that coffee break to kick in. Hey, I just want you to know what a treat it is to be with you today. And I'm going to just tell you, this is actually personal for me. Okay, this is personal. Here's why. It was February of 2020. You're like, don't go back and rehearse Don't do it. Don't do it, Kurt. I became lead pastor of this local church six weeks before Easter. Man, I was pumped. My family was here, stage full, room full of people. And I spent Easter with my wife and our kids alone in this auditorium as we Facebook premiered Easter Sunday. For all the things I dislike about Facebook, God bless Facebook premiere in the midst of a pandemic because you can actually have an online Easter service. Yeah, I know, it's great. But then here's what's cool. Last year, we gathered in this room for Easter 2021, and my wife and I and our kids were at home because we had a nine-day-old baby girl. So for me, being in the room with you here today is a huge deal. It is bringing joy to my heart to be together to celebrate Jesus. And we want you to know this, there is hope for you today. If you don't hear anything that I say in the next however long I talk, know this, it is my heart that you would experience hope for your life because God loves you and the story of Easter is a story that works hope all the way into every part of our life. As I said earlier in our service, it's not something that's meant to be experienced at a distance like Oh, that's a nice Easter story that I show up to once a year and then I go about my business. This is actually intended to move so close and so personal that it's a story that you actually begin to live as your own story. Because today we celebrate this reality that Jesus is risen. He is risen. And that is a significant thing because it's not just that God lived and it's not just that he died on the cross but he exerted all power and authority to conquer sin and death and speak life into our stories. It was the humility of Jesus to come. It was the sacrifice of Jesus to lay his life down. And it was trust. Jesus shows us this incredible journey of trust because it says that he trusted God the Father all the way into perfect obedience, even into death. And in that place of trust, what we see is the love and power of God on full display. On full display. And this story of Jesus into the empty tomb and out of the tomb so it stays empty is intended to be our story. That we would know the love and power of God every day that we live and breathe. That we would move and have our being with the living God. This is incredibly good news. Incredibly good news for all of us today. Paul writes it this way to the early church in Rome. He says this, may the God of hope fill you with all joy, with some joy, all joy, And peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. That your life would actually overflow with hope in the power of the Holy Spirit. And this is incredibly good news because this is where the Easter story becomes our story day in and day out. And I don't know about you, but I think over the last couple years, we've maybe needed a increased dose of hope. Anybody? Maybe you know somebody, like you know that neighbor who could use some hope, that friend, that co-worker. What I want you to know is this is the big idea today, and whether you're familiar with the Easter story or you just accepted the invitation of a friend and this is your first time walking in, it's this, that the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus invites us all to overflow with hope. This is God's heart for you. This is what scripture points to. This is why Jesus came so that you would know hope here and now. And that you would live with a life that overflows with hope. That every day you wake up, you would begin to experience not not a once a year story, but a daily story of hope. You know, one of the things that I think is interesting about hope is hope is how we handle the tension of the now and the not yet. Hope is such an essential thing for life because there are things we long for, and you know what's, what. I don't know about you, but about me is like, I hope for the things I don't yet have. I don't hope for a 2012 Chevrolet Traverse. I have a 2012 (laughs) Chevrolet Traverse. See, hope is how we handle the in-between. It's a posture of trust. It's what allowed Jesus to go all the way into death because he put his hope in God the Father to raise him to life. Hope is how we handle the in-between. But here's the thing that's so important is hope will illuminate what we long for. It speaks to that longing. Maybe you have this longing for heaven and you have this longing for God to make all things new and all things right. Allow that hope to grow because that is what God is ultimately doing. But right now we have to anchor in the reality of God and the reality of his life to give us an anchor of hope because we are anchoring in what God is going to do but has not yet fully done. Hope anchors us in the work of God. Hope gets you through that desert. Hope gets you through job loss. Hope gets you through uncertainty in this life. Hope carries you through the hurts and the heartaches that we all experience as humans. Because hope anchors us in the reality of God being alive and at work writing a better story. A better story. See, the living God is inviting us to a life that will overflow with hope. Does that mean God wants you just to have a little hope? Does that mean God wants you just to have enough hope for your own self? I think God wants us to have so much hope that it actually overflows so we can go be hope for other people when they don't have it. That we would be the kind of community that overflows hope out into a city, into a neighborhood, into even, yes, your work. Trust me, we need hope overflowing well beyond this place. But I'll just tell you this, this has not been the only time in the history of the world where hope was needed. In 1917, there was a pastor in Great Britain, a reverend, who was aware of how much hope he and those around him needed because it was the early part of World War I. He was pastoring in World War I and watching all these soldiers come back to him from the front lines. His name was Edward Shalito. And what was interesting is he began to see the heartache of the people coming at him. And he was super aware of us needing a story and needing a hope that met us in the pain and the uncertainty and the brokenness of our lives. Much like what I think we've needed over these last couple years where uncertainty and hurt, where heartache comes at us all the time. And even now, when there is global war happening around the country, like other places around the globe, we too must enter into the reality that we need something that meets us in our places of pain. What's interesting is, It says this, Abby Hutto is a blogger and speaker who writes about Reverend Shalito, and he says, I wonder what it was like for this pastor to watch men return from the front broken and wounded. How did he feel when faced with the emotional and psychological fallout that these men experienced? It was a war that revealed the horrors hidden within the human heart. Today, church, all we have to do is turn on the news to see the horrors of the human heart. Sometimes all we have to do is find ourselves alone at the end of a long day and feel that darkness move close to us. Reverend Shilito knew that these men needed more than physical healing. They needed more than bandages or rest. They needed to see a God with scars. So he wrote them a poem to show them a savior with wounds. And this is the poem that he wrote in 1917. If we never sought... We seek thee now. Thine eyes burn through the dark, our only stars. We must have sight of thorn pricks on thy brow. And we must have thee, O Jesus of the scars. The heavens frighten us, they are too calm. In all the universe we have no place. Our wounds are hurting us, Where is the balm? Lord Jesus, by thy scars we claim thy grace. If when the doors are shut, thou drawest near, only reveal those hands, that side of thine. We know today what wounds are, have no fear. Show us thy scars, for we know the countersign. The other gods were strong, but thou wast weak. They rode, but thou didst stumble to a throne. But to our wounds only God's wounds can speak. And not a god has wounds, but thou alone. See, Holy Week invites us to a God that does not stay distant in some far-off, unaffected place, but reveals the heart of God and the love of God that says, let me come bear in my own scars and in my own pain and my own crucifixion what you need. See, Reverend Shalito had proof in these hurting men that our world is a broken place. We bear the marks of evil on our hearts, and our wounds are ever-present, always hurting. We know what it is to stumble weakly through this life, to feel exhaustion and pain, to long to numb ourselves from the devastation that surrounds us, that lives within us. We respond in a variety of ways, but at the end of the day, At the end of the day, everyone is looking for a balm for the deep wounds in our hearts. It's a place Jesus knows us so well. It's a place that the living God says, I understand. You are not alone. Because I'm the Jesus with scars. What I love about this poem that, and this reflection from Abby Hutto, who's a blogger and speaker, is that it just connects to the thing I know so true about my own life is that it's imperfect. And I've been in places where there's wounds and I think about what we've experienced as a community over the last couple years. And I think about what I experienced as a marriage and family therapist as I sat with people and listened to their story and story after story of concern and anxiety and fear and worry and broken relationship and confusion and pain and wound after wound. And I think, thank you, God, that that is not the story you're writing Because you're writing a story that meets us in our wounds and says, I have healing for you. I have hope for you. I have peace for you. I have promises that I want to fulfill in your life. This is the story of Easter. And what I know is hopelessness might be the response of our heart at times. Have you ever been there? I have. I've had those lonely car rides where I'm crying out to God for hope. I've had those lonely places where I'm in a room full of people and everybody thinks I'm fine, but I know that I'm not. See, hopelessness might be the response of our heart, but the resurrection of Jesus invites us to know the response of God's heart. To actually know the response of God's heart toward us and towards humanity. And when God looks at all the pain and he looks at the sin and he looks at death, he does not stay distant, but he moves close. And he bears our scars, and he says, listen to the promise that I am speaking over you. See, God begins to lovingly engage with us where we actually need it. For God so loved the world that he gave his son Jesus that whoever believes in him shall not die but have eternal life. He didn't send Jesus into the world to condemn the world, but that through him the world might be saved. Through him, the world might be saved. See, what I love about the Easter story is it calls us to welcome the love of God more closely to our own. This was never meant to be a story that you experience from a distance, but it's a story that moves deep within your soul. That you would know Jesus is the God with scars. And even more than that, I mean, we love a good story, right? Anybody love a story with a happy ending? A couple of us. Must be Disney fans. That's good. No, we love good stories, and we love stories of redemption. But here's what's interesting about the resurrection story. The only way we get a story of resurrection where life conquers death is that Jesus entered all the way into death. As C.S. Lewis says it, he says, Nothing that has not died will be resurrected. Resurrected. If you want the resurrection power of God in your life, you are going to have to die to things. You'll have to die to self. You'll have to die to control. You'll have to die to pride. But in your willingness to follow Jesus and your willingness to say, I cannot do this by my own strength or power, when we begin to let those things die and we trust God with our whole life, new things come to life. Because nothing that has not died will be resurrected. See, God was willing to walk all the way into that darkness for you and for me. And if death is our greatest fear, Jesus tells a story of hope. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He has come to give you life. See, hopelessness gets traded For hope, when we meet Jesus with all of his scars because we see promises fulfilled, we begin to realize that the Bible, and if you're new to the Bible, this is a story of God's redemptive work from start to finish. And we begin to see that the Old Testament, which is the first part of the Bible, is pointing to the promise of God revealed in Jesus. And then the New Testament is the life of Jesus and the church coming on the scene after pointing to the life of Jesus and what we get to be a part of and that we get to live. And this is what it says in Isaiah 53. This is pointing to the promise fulfilled in Jesus. And think about what this means for your own life and for mine. Isaiah's writing and he says this, he, Jesus, was despised and rejected by mankind. Sounds like a great start. A man of suffering and familiar. that brought us peace was on him. Think about that for a second. The punishment that brings us peace was absorbed by Jesus. And by his wounds, we are healed. His wounds speak to our wounds. His life speaks to the place we need healing. Hope is found in Jesus, and he is our peace and our healing. Anybody want more peace? Yes, come on. This is what God is doing in the earth today, and he wants to do it in your life. This is the Old Testament promise fulfilled in the life of Jesus. Hope is found in Jesus. Surely he took up our pain and bore our sufferings. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. Are you allowing this life and this person of Jesus to move more closely to you? Are you looking for something more than you can kind of generate in your own strength and your own power? This is what God wants to do and be for you. This close, meeting you right where you have need, so that you can have hope. And this has been the invitation of the church all along. Paul writing in Ephesians 1 says this, starting in verse 18, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. That you would know the hope to which he has called you. The riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. And his incomparably great power for us who believe. Here it is, that power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. See, hope is found in the humility to receive the work of God revealed in Jesus. Have you ever thought about this in your faith journey? That the same power that raised Christ from the dead is the same power God wants to exert on your life. Well, uh, I don't know about that. Does that make you feel a little uncomfortable? Maybe. I mean, maybe it should. Maybe we should all get a little more uncomfortable so that we can have more hope from the creator God. We can allow God to have more authority and work in our lives. Because what I will tell you is this. It will require the thing that our culture has the hardest time with. Humility. Our culture is pushing pride. Pride. And the kingdom of God says, humble yourself. King Jesus humbled himself in obedience to God the Father, trusting God the Father, in humility, was laid in a tomb. Are we willing to be the same kind of people? Our hope in Jesus emerges when we have humility to receive what he wants to do. And this is what Luke writes in his gospel account. as He's rehearsing the story that unfolds. we got to give a big shout out to the women who followed Jesus because they followed with incredible faith. And it says this in Luke, On the very first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. Would you be a little shocked? You knew he died. You watched and died. You watched him buried. You show up. Empty tomb. <laughs> A little shocking. Maybe not as shocked as you just were by that sweet dance move. <laughs> While they were wondering about this, you can see confusion has set in. They're going, what is going on? Suddenly, two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. Okay, now you're shocked, right? It's like gleaming with lightning, missing body, dateline special. In their fright, and I just love the honesty of this, in their fright, in their fright, the women bowed down with humility, their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee. The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. See, to have hope in Jesus, we need to acknowledge that we will forget. And we need to remember, and we need to remember, and we need to remember his words he is risen tomorrow when you wake up he's still risen and we need to remember that and we need to live with a hope in jesus for every day because he is risen and we should remember that he stepped into the story and he wants to step into ours see hope requires us to remember jesus words so tomorrow, one of the ways we can remember Jesus' words is by spending time with God in relationship like you are doing right now. Just not here. We won't be here tomorrow. You should do this at home. You can get a Bible. You can use the Version Bible app for free on your phone, and you can remember the words of Jesus by reading Scripture. This is a practice that will help us remember. But then here's the good news. Jesus is alive. Scripture says that he's seated in heaven at the right hand of God and he's praying for you. And we believe that the living God wants to speak to you about your life and so you can engage a life of prayer. And this is one of the ways we'll have hope in Jesus is when we share our life with Jesus and we walk with Jesus and we spend time with Jesus so that we can encounter and remember the things that Jesus is saying to us. They remembered his words. I don't know about you, but I'm so prone to forget. I'm so prone for circumstances to take over and to garner my attention. But God is saying, spend time with me. I'm alive. I want to move close to you. Let me speak to you. Hope will require us to remember Jesus' words. Hope will remind us that we are loved. The thing that God most clearly believes about you is that he loves you. And we see that in Jesus. He wants a relationship with you. He wants to pour out his spirit on you so that you can have everything you need for this life and for the life to come. And when you hear those seeds of doubt and you begin to think you're not worth it or you're struggling, you're maybe perceiving yourself with low esteem, remember that Jesus died for you because you were worth it. And he was raised to life so that you would know you're worth it. And that same spirit that raised Christ to life wants to be poured out into your life so that you can come alive in ways you never imagined. Hope in Jesus. Romans 6 says it this way. Paul writing to the church. I'm just you, you might be following what I'm doing here, but I'm just rehearsing the good news of Jesus from the beginning of scripture to the end. He's talking to the early church in Romans 6. He says this. Just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may have a new life. See, this isn't just a story of him conquering death in his own tomb and burial, but for us as well, calling us to a hope for a new life. For if we have been been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. The story of Jesus becomes our story. The humility of Jesus becomes our humility. The same power that raised Christ from the dead fills us so we can live that new life today church this is good news this is great news all the pressure's off it's not your will it's not your strength it's not your know-how it's not your power it's not your ability to be god it is your capacity to humble yourself and receive life from the one who spoke it all into being which as i say that out loud i think that might be the hardest part of it all to humble ourselves and receive from god to receive from God, to express a life of trust and faith. But I'm just curious for you. I sometimes think we move towards this Easter story, and it's like, that's an amazing story, right? How many have ever heard an amazing story that's not in the Bible? All right, one of my favorites, Count of Monte Cristo. I will never forget watching that movie for the first time. Never read the book. Not much into reading books. Yeah, you too. That's great. I got one other friend in the room. It's always, reading is work for me, okay? It just is, so I read for work. But I watched The Count of Monte Cristo, an amazing story of like redemption and like some sneaky revenge and like it's cool, right? Count of Monte Cristo, an amazing story. A little more contemporary, a little newer story, The Greatest Showman. I like that story. I have kids, yes. I might have watched it without them. I can't remember. Great story, this incredible story. There's kind of this redemptive quality, right? Like you kind of see the humanity of it, and he kind of falls, but then his friends pick him back up because they had made sound financial decisions. Family restored. There are these great stories. You know what's interesting about those stories that I love? They have no transformative power for my soul. They do nothing for me. And the trajectory of my life into eternity, when I die, That story gives no life to me. You know, there are these amazing people who walk the planet today. There are people with millions of followers on social media. I am not one of them. When I say names like Jordan, you know who I'm talking about, or Brady, and I'm not talking about the bunch for some of you that are getting clever right now and going, (laughs) no, Tom, right? Beyonce, you know exactly who I'm talking about. One word, one name. Millions upon millions of followers, their names have no transformative power for my soul. But Jesus does. And the story, the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus have transformative power for my life and my soul because it invites me into the story that God has always intended from the very beginning all the way to the very end of the age. You are invited to know that story, to have hope in Jesus. But again, it's not by your religious capacity and your strength and living the right way. It is by a hope through the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. It is hope through the Holy Spirit. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit doing work in us and through us so we can overflow with hope. If you are going to overflow with anything in your life, let it be hope. I mean, people will like you. You will have a lot of friends. Your family will be better for it. Your neighbors will be better for it because people will go, You have something that I want. And when you tell the story, you tell the story of God. This is what He's doing in my life. Hope through the Holy Spirit. I'm going right back to it. Ephesians 1. Paul wrote it better than I could have, so I'm just going to read what he wrote. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. The heart is that you would know God better. You would know God personally. You'd have revelation for what God wants to do. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet. Hope through the Holy Spirit. I think most followers of Jesus, if you are already following Jesus, we underutilize and under-experience the power of God in our lives. We need to embrace a greater outpouring of the Spirit because the same Spirit, that same power exerted to raise Christ from the dead wants to be exerted on your life day in and day out. And we can receive that spirit. We can receive the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead. So here's my question as we finish today. Do you want to have hope for today? Could you use more hope carrying you in the in-between? See, Scripture says that God is the God who was, who will be, he will come again, It also says it's the God who is. The living God is available for you today. Do you want hope for today? As I look at scripture, as I look at the work of God, his kingdom come and coming, looking at Jesus, I believe that we can experience hope for today with faith in Jesus and being filled with the Holy Spirit. It's that simple. It will only cost us our entire lives. do you want to overflow with hope? In Romans 10, this is how faith is defined, and I think it's so powerful because it's like, it it really speaks to what we're talking about today. It says this, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, Jesus above all, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's it. Receiving faith is that simple. God, I believe that you are Lord and that you raised Jesus from the dead. And then we live our faith story out of that same posture, a place of trust that says, would you do that in me? Would you fill me with the same power that we could have hope? I know what my story is like. I know my life. I know my need for saving. I know my need for God to speak to my wounds. And I imagine you know yours too. So what we're going to do is we're going to just take a moment for it to be quiet in the room. Where do you want hope? Do you want more than what you currently have? I believe God is saying I have more for you today. If you are here exploring faith, you have never said, I know the living God. I'm walking in relationship with God. Today, I invite you to take that step of faith. And that's what it is. It's just saying, God, I I humble myself and I want to know you. I want you to give revelation to me. I want to walk with you. I want to find my hope in you, Jesus. And if you are already here and you go, you know, I'm following Jesus I think we should all have the humility to say, God, would you do more with your power in my life than I've currently let you? Receive faith and receive the Holy Spirit. God, we just make ourselves available to you today. Would you speak to us? You are the living God. And the truest thing about every person in the room today is that you love them. You've already decided that. So for those of us who are here with wounds, would we allow your scars to speak to ours? Would we let your wounds speak to our wounds? For those of us here today who are looking for hope, it's just been hopelessness. Would we trade hopelessness for the hope of you fulfilling promises in our life? And in humility, would we begin to say more of your power and less of our own? The women at the tomb had to remember Jesus' words, and I think we need to remember his words that said, I will not leave you alone, but I will give you the Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you, to empower you. This is the promise of God fulfilled. And so God, we just say, pour out your Spirit on us that we might overflow with hope as we leave this place, that our homes, our neighborhoods, our workplaces, that that we would see your hope overflowing in every aspect of our life. Continue to speak to us. Continue to meet us with everything we need. We pray these things in your holy name. Amen. I want to invite you to stand as a community. We're going to close our time with a chance to respond. So if you're available to pray with people, we're going to have prayer teams down front. We love closing our services like this here at the Vineyard. We believe God wants to meet you in personal ways. Maybe you're here and you need healing, you need hope, you need something. But there are two very specific things that I want to invite you to. If you are here today and you have never given your life to Jesus and begun a relationship with him, and something about today makes sense, you actually feel God inviting you. It's the Spirit of God inviting you to know him, to walk in relationship with him. We want to just pray a prayer of blessing and encouragement for you. It says that all of heaven rejoices over every single person who turns toward Jesus. The second is this. You maybe are here and you're like, look, I've done the Easter thing before. It's not my first rodeo. But maybe you want more of the power of God in your life to give you hope in a greater measure. We would love to pray for you in that way. And this is the last thing. As we were worshiping, I was thinking about what it might have been like for Jesus in the tomb. And that when God exerted his power on Jesus, what he said was, come to life. And I just had this sense as I was praying and as we were worshiping that that maybe somebody in the room today or somebody's, you need to hear God say to you, come to life. Come to life. The same power that raised Christ from the dead is available for you. Come to life. All right, So God, we just pray a prayer of blessing over the room and over this community. May we know that you are a God that comes near and that loves and is all powerful and we can live lives that overflow with hope because you are the source and the anchor for that hope. So pour out your love on this community. Pour out hope that we might overflow as we leave this place. We bless them to know you, the one true God, to know your love for them. We bless them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.